as you just heard, for the next few weeks, we're going to be spending some time at the cross. We're going to be spending some time at the cross, and we're going to be paying attention to the words of Jesus on the cross. And so our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 32 through 38. If you're able, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? Luke 23, verses 32 through 38. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. Talking about Jesus. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was, written, there was a written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Beginning today and every Sunday during this season of Lent, ending with Easter Sunday, I'm going to be preaching a series called The Seven Last Words of Christ. Some of you are maybe familiar with this type of series. You maybe have heard it preached before. Um, now, we know that Jesus, he, he said more than seven individual words while on the cross. The word probably phrases, seven last phrases of Christ is probably more appropriate. And, and what I've tried to do is, um, as best as possible, is to organize these seven last words of Christ into the order in which they most likely would have been said uh, by Jesus on the cross. None of the gospel writers, none of our gospels, um, record all seven phrases, and so what we have to do is we have to piece them together in the timeline that best fits. And, and when you piece Jesus' last words on the cross, when you piece them together, it is it's truly amazing and powerful what you find. You find a man who lived what he preached and taught until the very end. You often hear that you really find out uh, what, what a person's made up of when they know they're going to die. And I don't know if that was meant for Jesus, but it describes him perfectly. And what makes these last seven words of Jesus even more powerful is that Jesus is actively dying. He is actively dying. He is bleeding. He is suffocating. He is thirsty. He's hungry. He is actively dying. And he says these words as his nails, as nails are in his hands and feet and the thorns around his head are piercing his skull. He says these words as a sword is pierced in his side, and those watching him are mocking him. 
And, and I haven't even mentioned the fact that he was brutally beaten and flogged before he ever got to the cross. I, I have a feeling the, human, the humanity of Jesus wished he'd have died long before the cross. So I, I guess I say all this to say that we learn just as much from these seven last words of Jesus on the cross that we do from all of the words and the teachings and the parables before the cross. We see the true measure of this man, our God who took human flesh, his name, Jesus. And so we come to our scripture this morning and we learn that Jesus, he's being executed by Roman crucifixion. This was and is today, um, if not the worst way to die known to man. And along with Jesus, there's two other criminals with him. And we're going to come back to these criminals uh, in, in a couple of weeks. But then we hear these words from Jesus, the first of seven last words. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. For me, these words are almost too heavy to bear. When you realize what's happening, when you realize what's going on, that Jesus is actively dying, his arms are spread with nails in them, his, his feet are, are nailed to the bottom of the cross, he's already been beaten and tortured, and Jesus' first words out of his mouth on the cross are, Father, forgive. Forgive. I don't know about you, but those were not those would not have been my last words. I can't say some of the words that I would have been saying. I would get in trouble. If I had the ability, if I had the lung capacity up there on the cross, I'd been screaming obscenities at those watching me and mocking me, especially those Roman soldiers. The last thing running through my mind would not be forgiveness. But thank God Jesus is not you or me. Because forgiveness is exactly what brought Jesus there in the first place. Forgiveness is what motivated Jesus. Forgiveness is what, what took Jesus to the homes of tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes, the lowly. Those considered unclean. Forgiveness is what Jesus came to bring and to offer. Forgiveness is what brought Jesus to the cross, that he would die a debt and a debt that we owed to God. Jesus took our place so that we could receive forgiveness from God. So as hard as it may be for my feeble human brain to understand, the words... Father, forgive them, were as natural to Jesus as breathing. Of course, they were the first words out of his mouth. This past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. It marked the beginning of this season of Lent, so we're only three or four days into it. This is the season of 40 days minus Sundays. Sundays are supposed to be like little Easter's as we build up to Easter Sunday. Uh, but 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter, and 
It is often marked with a period of fasting and sacrifice. Some of you have been talking and mentioned to me about what you're giving up uh, during Lent. Oftentimes we, we give things up like chocolate. Um, ladies tended to struggle with that, I don't know. But uh, fast food, uh, um, things that are bad for us. We give, up, we give up some various time wasters, things that, you know, we just... Wasting our time. And, and most of those things, are, they're good and they're appropriate things to give up. But my concern about our practice of giving up something during Lent is that this practice doesn't really change us. Oftentimes, we give up that something, whatever that something is, and then once Easter comes, we, we take that sucker back up. Woo, Chocolate. And we haven't really changed. And we are supposed to give up something in the hopes that we will be brought closer to God. Yet we get to the end of 40 days and maybe we've lost a few, few pounds, but we haven't really grown in our relationship with God. So what if instead of giving up chocolate or candies or food or anything of that nature, you gave up something that would truly enhance your relationship with God. And what if, you just, what if you didn't just give it up for 40 days? What if you died to it? You and your, your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit, you just, you killed it. You died to it, whatever it may be. This past Wednesday, many of you who were here, you allowed me to make the sign of the cross on your forehead with ashes. And those ashes, symbolically, were from uh, last year's palm branches, from Palm Sunday. It was, it's a sign of our mortality, that our, our years on this earth are numbered. And I said to you, from dust you came, to dust you shall return. Well, what if as a reminder of our mortality, of our short lives, this Lenten season, we decided to maybe give up pride. That we died to our pride. What if that is what we gave up this Lent? There's really no, no room for pride for a follower of Jesus. A man who humbly uh, put himself on the cross to offer forgiveness. And offered forgiveness even in his dying breaths. What if you died to worry Jesus submitted himself to God's leadership, knowing that it would lead him to the cross. Guys, God is in control, and he's got everything under control. We need to die to worry. What if we chose to die to comparison? God made you, and he made you unique. You are unlike anybody else in this world. There's only one you. So stop comparing yourself to other people. You are a unique, one-of-a-kind creation of God, so start acting like it. Die to comparison. What if you chose to die to envy? Listen, we're all blessed in this room. You got clothes on your backs, shoes on your feet. You most likely drove here in a car. You're blessed. And the value 
Your value is not based on the value of your possessions. But in Jesus, who loves you so much that he died for you. So die to envy. What if you died to blame? What if you chose right now today to to stop passing the buck to somebody else or something else, but you chose to take um, responsibility for your own actions? We're all guilty of sin. That's why Jesus died for us, and that's why Jesus forgives us. What if you died to things like gossip and negativity? Self-pity. What if you died to making excuses? What if you died to fear? How many times in scriptures it says, do not be afraid? What if you died to unforgiveness? What does it say that Jesus, who was bleeding and dying on the cross, could offer forgiveness while actively dying in his dying breath, but you and me, who have everything to live for, can't forgive a friend, we can't forgive a co-worker, we can't forgive a family member, or we can't forgive a spouse. Will you let go and die to unforgiveness? What if you died to guilt? knowing that Christ died to forgive you of your sins. The past is the past. And in Christ, the Scripture tells us that you are a new creation. Father, forgive them only serves to reiterate how much God loves you and wants you to be free of guilt and shame. And not just for 40 days, but for the rest of your life life what if we just what if we didn't just give up something but we died to it it was gone would you join me the, the, join me this lent in an act of dying to ourselves that goes beyond just a season but lasts for a lifetime heavenly father I am blown away by these words of Jesus. That before he said anything else, he asked you to forgive me. He asked you to forgive us. Help us to use this time, this season, to die to whatever we need to die to so that we can live for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.